Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to your week ahead with Mama Data Astrology live right here on the Inner Peace Lighthouse radio frequency. Welcome to the best time of your week ahead of time. Peace, I say, I'm in Ra, give thanks and praise. I know I am so happy and divinely thankful to be back here once again. We are live. We are in full effect for the Pisces full moon lunar eclipse, the final in this um, series of three eclipses over the last couple of months. And boy, are we <laughs> closing out eclipse season with a bang so I definitely don't want to uh, miss an oppor- another opportunity even another moment to um, acknowledge our divine righteous ancestors uh, for without whom we would not be here to <laughs> to be back live and in full effect y'all have no idea I'm so happy to be on this air today uh, we are broadcasting at a special time Normally, we're on Wednesdays afternoon, 3 p.m. Central. We are having a special broadcast today, and it is in such divine time, so I'm really happy to be here. Thank you, and I'm so happy for all of you who are listening, all of our listeners. Thank you, uh, Brother Ampu, our fearless leader right here at the Inner Peace Lighthouse Radio Frequency, and um, um if I, I hope I'm not premature in announcing it, but definitely be, uh, I, I definitely don't want to uh, be premature, but be on the lookout. P- potentially, uh, it looks like there will be a show tomorrow, and it just may be Brother Ampu or Minister Jew or one of our other um, team members here at uh, Inner Peace Lighthouse and my astrology coach. So uh hope I didn't spoil anything. <laughs> uh, to keep it moving, definitely, uh, I, I didn't want to miss the opportunity to thank Brother Ampu, though. Uh, I just, we appreciate you. I know that my mama's babies appreciate you allowing us to come here every single week for over a year now to uh, to stay ahead, to keep from having to get ahead. So it's been powerful. It's been a divine pleasure. It's been a process. It's been a learning um, opportunity. It's been an adventure. It's been just more than I could have asked for. And so thank you for asking me, Brother Ampu, and it's just been my heart delight to to engage uh, with your audience in this way. And so, wow, y'all, I I decided, y'all know I have to slow it down sometimes. Mercury is still retrograde in Virgo. (laughs) I can't play around. So I decided, um, like I have many times before, to make a conscious effort to slow down. I'm in no rush to run through the information. I, I am. I was, however, in a rush to get on the air with you guys today and just share from my heart, share. Uh, some divine insights and wisdom that's, you know, coming strong through me uh, right now and um, just get it how we live, you know. It's another episode, but it's not just another episode, you know what I mean? So buckle up. It's it's time to take off. Um, Wow, let's just 
first quarter moon in Sag, anyone? <laughs> uh, Mars, the moon's been in Sagittarius. It's it's definitely in Capricorn right now. I know. I don't know why. My notes. Give me one quick second. Yes. Okay. Of course, it does reflect that. Uh, the moon entered Capricorn this rising, 7:55 a.m. Central. Okay, and it went void in Sag at 7:51 p.m. last night. Okay, and had been in um, Sagittarius since uh, the seventh, which is was Wednesday. And so we had this, uh, some major, it was just a lot going on. And y'all definitely want to check in the episode information for the show Um, down at the very bottom. If you'll scroll down, it says to listen to last week's broadcast here. Please don't hesitate to click um, and just be right at last week's show so you can catch up. I am recapping right now. Um, So anything I've, discuss until I let you know I'm already in the week ahead and discussing that. You can get very detailed information um, regarding it from last week's show. Uh, Let's see, yes, in the week ahead, we are covering Sunday um, the 11th through Saturday the 17th, okay? But I'm just just recapping here, so bear with me. Um, The 7th. Wednesday, moon entered Sagittarius. What's the planetary ruler for Sagittarius? Jupiter, right? Moon entered Sagittarius at 8.20 p.m. Central on Wednesday the 7th. Two days later, Friday the 9th, yesterday, Jupiter finally made that Ingression we've been waiting on, right? Jupiter's been in Virgo um, here in the in the last week. Of course, it was you know transiting the critical twenty ninth degree, and you know it it became critical. Not became, but there was a definitely when 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 you'll notice when these planets are transiting this critical so called critical 29th degree, that it's another time, when planets are retrograde is another time, but when they transit that degree, you may notice that there is an intensity of energies relating to that planet. So it may, you may have noticed an intensity in all things Jupiterian as it was, especially with the Virgo Tint on it, especially with the Virgo style on it, you know, um, which is all things detail oriented, all things you know material, all things that um, uh, that that are producing or productive, okay, and so um, all things that are um, pertaining to self improvement or improvement or you know work, health, routine, lifestyle. And so, uh, wow, and depending on what house, what astrological house, 1 through 12, that it was transiting, or is transiting, um, likely unless you have some weirdly perfect chart where the line of delineation for a particular house would be right on the um, 29th or 30th, a.k.a. zero degree uh, mark, then um, it's, 
likely just stayed in the same house. But one, it, it transited some house one through twelve in your chart is transiting, and likely manifested in that area of life that those twelve houses represent. And so, yeah, Jupiter is the great benefic. I talked much about it last week, um, and it, it shifted. It, it did a shift. It, Jupiter represents expansion and growth and advancement and abundance and and law and higher learning and, and adventures and long-distance journeys. And so, um, and Libra, <laughs> I mean, I, of course, I'm, that's why I'm slowing down because my I, I'm I I started out with the moon in Sag. It happened while the moon was in Sag, and the moon in Sag, um, Sagittarius that is, uh, conjunct met up with aligned with Mars and Saturn currently transiting Sagittarius. Right, Mars is about to make a power move too here coming up soon. Okay, so keep that in mind. Another power move. It's Mars was retrograde a good couple of months out of this year, so it it's uh, the actions that we've been taking have been on center stage for quite a while now. It's just about to make another shift, just like um, Jupiter just made a shift this past week. And so, come on now. I just said Jupiter is is equivalent to the law. And it it ingressed from Virgo, no less, into Libra, the very sign of the scales. Come on. Does the universe want to balance something out or what? And so what's so powerful about this Pisces full moon, lunar eclipse energy that, trust me, is here. Is here in so many ways. Uh, one of the ways that I that that I wasn't even thinking of it in this context, but I was just thinking about this, is that the very uh, Pisces energy. Guess what? It has relationship to Sagittarius, where the moon was just prior to 7:55 a.m. This rising. And it has relationship to Pisces by way of Jupiter. Jupiter is the ancient ruler of Pisces. It's the modern ruler of Sagittarius. So Sagittarius and Pisces are related by Jupiter. So I'm telling you, while the moon was in Sag and Jupiter ingressed into Libra, and there was a first quarter moon and we all touched a corner (laughs) in Sag, in both mutable energies, Pisces and Sagittarius, both energies, because they're mutable, um, that feel like make you want to flex, right? Y'all, I, we've used that terminology here before, flex on them. That mutable energy is that energy of flexibility, flexing, adaptability, change, changeability, and that makes me think of Uranus, which is, rules Aquarius. I, I got a whole thing going on in my head right now with this eclipse season because we started out at the end of August, August 18th, with the first one of the three. The Aquarius ruled by Uranus and, and Saturn, actually. Um, 
Aquarius full moon lunar eclipse on the 18th. Then here on the 1st of September, the second one, we had the solar new moon eclipse in Virgo, right? And then here on the 16th, we'll discuss it at at length in the week ahead um, to round it out, okay? We do have another new moon on the 30th of September. It is not an eclipse. It is not an eclipse, but it is a the second new. We had a new moon on the first, a solar eclipse in Virgo, and we'll have another new moon here on the very last day of the month, the 30th. We won't discuss that in the week ahead, but that's just an FYI and a heads up, okay, energetically. New moon on the 30th in Libra, anyone? We're setting tone for the year ahead. You can, pre- I, I have long broken it down to where you know, from one new moon to two weeks later at a full moon, we get we're getting an opportunity energetically to manifest some short term short term goals. Generally speaking, clearly you can manifest things. <laughs> You're in this lightning quick and fast, but um, we're just talking about, of course, when when we're talking about these constellations with the sun and the moon and Mercury and Mars and Venus transit through constantly, endlessly, <laughs> then we're talking about seasons changing, okay? And these are the same new and full moons that we're looking at on a one lunar month to another lunar month now that farmers and 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 all sorts of people have been looking at for for eons past, okay? I'm not bringing you anything new, but I am bringing you a a a new, fresh, revitalized, rejuvenated, regenerative, restorative, refreshing energy on my own for your higher learning, for your advancement, for your growth. You got a super sage coming at you right now. So Flow with me. <laughs> so, yeah, then we had the first quarter moon in Sagittarius there on the ninth as well, the same, within the same hour, come on, that Jupiter entered Libra at 6.18 a.m. Central, and then at 6.49, just 20-some-odd minutes later, first quarter moon in Sagittarius. So we, we're, we've turned that corner on our journey energetically towards this uh, full moon, lunar eclipse, and Pisces. I like to look at it already in this series of three, um, the kind of closing out, of course, it's the third of the three, um, but definitely, especially as being a complement to the solar new moon in Virgo that was on the first, of course, that's already the closeout or the complement to or the fullness of the culmination of the manifestation point of that new moon, solar new moon eclipse in Virgo energy, right? Just as normal, a new moon, then two weeks later, full moon. So you get another sense there, not only being the third of three, but just being the complement to that new moon, uh, a, a kind of a closeout or a complementary or a, um, you know, that full moon energy. And then we're, I like to, it's, it's a feeling of being sealed off or sealing off this energy that we, that kind of began, you can go back six months ago. Um, if you just want to look at um, uh, even just this solar new moon eclipse in Virgo, uh, you can go back 19 years to the last 
solar, new moon eclipse in Virgo, you know, that's why I, I, thought, I always reference cycles within cycles. Because, yeah, some people are looking at solar cycles that happens annually every year, every solar return, right? Some people are looking at things on, you know, Mars cycles. That's every week. <laughs> if y'all not didn't utilize this last Mars retrograde as a jump-off point <laughs> between energetically, at least where Mar- Martian themes and, and, and energies are concerned for the next couple of years, then I don't even know what to tell you. I, I learned my Mars <laughs> retrograde. I hope I learned my Mars retrograde lesson just to, uh, you know, it's it's a very similar feel, and all retrogrades aren't like this, but it's a, it's a familiar feel kind of to a Mercury retrograde where you're reviewing and reassessing things. But with the Mars retrograde um, here, a couple of um, – I mean, we, I, I look at the shadow period too. So, yes, it was actually retrograde just a couple of months, but the shadow period spanned up m- most of the months of the first half of 2016. So um, – it was a good long while, especially when you're actually tracking and watching these energies um, very closely then and observing them very closely, then I definitely could say that a good chunk of this year we were reviewing, you know, our actions, reviewing the actions that we're, that we're taking in our, and the destiny that, that they have in relation to the cycles of the cycle of Mars, including the retrograde. So. We also, yeah, so the moon's in Capricorn now. Um, it's interesting. It's, it's Saturday, right, Saturn day, Saturn, the ruler of Capricorn, co-ruler of Aquarius. And um, it's, it's divine. It's divine. Capricorn, 10th house, Saturn is really heavily um, touted to be a karmic energy, right? And um, it's an earth sign, earth, a, a real grounding energy. And and I definitely um, get that, I'm getting that feel from it. I'm, I'm feeling real earthy right now. It's so cool. Um, I'm feeling real earthy. And this whole Pisces energy is obviously the very opposite of that, right? It's the very opposite. It's the very energy that's squaring off as we speak. 8.04 a.m. Central, this rising, September 10th, Saturn made an exact square to Neptune. And that's the, that's the energy balance that I'm referring to right now. Saturn being Earth's um, material, practical, and Neptune that's squaring Saturn being the very opposite, intangible. Um, spiritual and um, ethereal, I guess. And so reality versus fantasy, right? Um, Physical or material versus spiritual. And so um, it's been real. It's been real. The struggle has been real energetically for a long time. A lot of these lunations that we've been talking about throughout 2016 have had the Saturn-Neptune um, square coloring it, you know, um, um, energetically coloring in the background, so to speak, of the whatever lunation is on the main stage, right, or or in the forefront. 
Um, hold on, y'all, one quick second, because I just want to go over some of this. I, I know I didn't get as deep as I wanted to get into the Saturn Neptune Square information last week. So I did want to touch on a couple of points before we get into the week ahead. Um, and shout out to, shout out, first of all, mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Brother Ampu, <laughs> Minister Ju, all the contributors to the My Astrology Coach website. That website is still, I know we are on the Inner Peace Lighthouse radio frequency now, um, but the MyAstrologyCoach.com website is still alive. It's still well. It's still invaluable and priceless as a resource for um, really all things spiritual. Shout out to the priesthood who are um, having an event, the Positron um, event that's coming up here really, 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 really soon. And so um, happy autumn autumn equinox to everyone coming up, whatever um, you, however you observe that, if you observe it at all. And um, I'm just so divinely happy to be a part of this beautiful, beautiful place um, on all planes of awareness, apparently. So um, just, y'all, definitely link up with them if you just want a quick getaway and, you know, just want to be connected to some real people <laughs> when you get there and, and do, uh, being about some real stuff, being about business um, and enjoying every second of it all the way through, uh, then definitely link up with them. All right. Um, shout out, so good. definitely shout out the MyAstrologyCoach.com website for the the resources. Hit up the Learn tab, Learn, and if you want to learn just basic things about astrology from a, a valuable source, a, um, a reliable source. <laughs> and so... Um, Shout out to the Astrology King website as well and the Dark Pixie Astrology for horoscope and general information. Just to add to some of my notes, I like to shout people out and give credit where credit is due, starting with Brother Ampu, of course. <laughs> so um, my astrology coach, what's up? <laughs> um, also, check out the – I have it in the – Scrolling through the, um, if you're listening online, you see it scrolling on your screen or on the phone, you can see it uh, in the, it's not a, I don't want to call it a playlist, y'all, what is it? It's a collage of pictures that come through. I'm so sorry right now. Uh, Mercury is retrograding, y'all. Better be glad I'm not shutting everything down while it is. I'm going to push through Mercury retro. Um, But definitely uh, just giving credit where credit is due. Saturn square Neptune, y'all. I'm going to blame it on that, too. Because Saturn square Neptune, just think about it. The Neptune in Pisces, in its home sign, energy of just merging with everything, being one with it, where there are no boundaries in in this area of space where Neptune in Pisces in 12 houses is, you know, there. And then you take Saturn, Capricorn, 10th house, and the very energy of boundaries and restrictions and <laughs> heaviness and potentially pessimism and negativity. So 
there's it's 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 been challenging. Like I said, this is a square that we've been dealing with a good majority of 2016. So this is not new, but it should be lifting after this alignment that we just had go exact this rising. Okay, so yes, breathe, take a deep breath, y'all. Inhale, exhale, and let it go. Let it go and, and and be practical. There's a balance that wants to happen here between two seemingly polar opposite energies, okay? And the square is an opportunity to build, to create, to produce. It, is, it, 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 it can be testing. It can be challenging. But it's the opportunity. it doesn't have to take you out or take you down. You can actually turn a corner. And I apologize, y'all, if y'all hear any background noise. I'm just recording when and where I can, okay? So just bear with me and we'll get through this together. Thank you so much for being invaluable listeners. It's priceless to come before you every week. And we will just keep going, okay? And so uh, definitely any worry, any fear, any guilt, um, is a potential manifestation of this challenging transit of Saturn square Neptune. And so, you know, we're focusing right now, all of us, on on being patient, okay? We're focusing on the basics. We're keeping it real simple. Saturn energy, Capricorn energy, that 10th house energy of achievement, of success, of rewards, requires us to build one square at a time, okay, one brick at a time, and it may take 30 years, but you can get there, you can do it, okay, and with the square to Neptune, you may not have easily been able to perceive the way, especially with a square in between, and, and a, corner, a corner that needs, that requires, uh, that requires us to turn, and we can't see around the corner, right, and so, um, when in doubt with this Neptune energy and you, you're, it's, a, it's manifesting on the low end of confusion or um, deception or just that cloudiness, that's why um, with this energy, it's the intoxicants, right, is, is kind of a no-no in a heavily sensitive time like that if you can't manage that energy, if it is a low vibration or manifestation when you engage that energy, right? So that that that's been um, a sug- strong suggestion to stay away from intoxicants at a time like this. But the Neptune energy doesn't have to just be that, right? It doesn't just have to be confusion and deception and um, intoxication. It can be creativity. It can be creation. It can be imagination, right? Not. It can be. It is. It is dance. It is music. It is prayer. It is meditation. It is rest and relaxation. It is dreams. It is unconditional love and forgiveness and acceptance and surrender. So when in doubt, when when Saturn is kicking your butt and you're feeling the brunt of the hard work, the hard work, the smart work, the restriction, the 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 um the fat being trimmed. <laughs> The paring down, the seriousness, the call to maturity, the call to duty, the call to responsibility, squaring off on you, squaring off on all things Neptunian, take it high. Take it high. Merge with it. Become one with it. 
that's what that energy is also. It is it is everything in one. It's the final sign. I started this show out describing this energy, and I'm bringing it back in now because it's so revel, rev, relevant <laughs> and right on time. So um, be one with, with whatever could be squaring off, whatever energies could be creating challenges and tests in your life, know that it is so. You can be, you can do use it. You can use it. You can you can build something with it. You can be productive with it. It's there for your use. That's why every I don't care what transit I'm talking to y'all about. I don't care if it's a new or a full moon. I don't care if it's like in the week ahead, sun the sun um, uh, Mercury alignment. Whatever the energies are, you can you choose. You get to choose how you want to manifest that energy. That's why I come on here and talk to y'all about these different energies that re- that are represented in the 12 houses, these energies that are represented in these 12 constellations or 12 zodiac signs, whatever terminology you like to utilize to describe that area of space that's being referenced. These energies that, that, that are embodied within us and without and outside of us within these the ten modern planets and the seven ancient ones or seven personal ones, right? And so I'm describing them for you every two for two hours every week for the last year because in having an awareness of this information, of this knowledge, of these energies that we are, then you you get to make a more educated choice, okay, a more knowledgeable choice as to just how you're going to uh, – it's a baby in the room, y'all, and I want to say F up a square. <laughs> just how you can F up a square, how you can – but find the perfect balance within an opposition, how you can masterfully, you know, channel Neptunian energy in, in, in all of its glory and, and its bountiful, endless beauty, okay? And Neptune Pisces 12th house energy is also talking about confinement and solitude. I, I say rest. Relaxation, recuperation, rejuvenation. You done gone through all the other eleven signs. <laughs> you might you might be about ready for a rest. The end before it begins again at with one. With the first house, with Aries, with Mars, with the impetus again. The beginning. Energy. Cardinal. Okay. Whew. Um I've already mentioned that Pisces um, is a mutable energy. Of course, Saturn and Sag, uh, once again, is mutable as well. We're definitely we're we're definitely creating something new. I love this eclipse energy because it really feels like you shed in the skin, right? It really feels like you're you're upgrading with this whole new set of, of, of energy, of cells, of DNA, however you want to describe it, like a reset, okay? I'm saying cycles within cycles. 
reset on the last couple of three or four years. I know that that represents a particular cycle that's wrapping up now along with all these others. I described three alone when the show started. And there's plenty more than that. So just like in the episode um, information description where I talk about, um, you know, whether we see it or not, whether we know it or not, it's it's happening. It's happening. So to 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 be forewarned or for um, you know to have the knowledge ahead of time is to be forearmed and to be ready ahead of time. Fooling with Mama Dot astrology at least a week, maybe more. <laughs> and so um, we're we'll definitely keep it moving. Um, I did mention some celebrities. I think, and just in case I didn't. Um, some celebrities that were born with Saturn Square Neptune in their chart. Uh, Bob Marley, Michael Jordan, Seal, Jaden Smith, Miles Davis, Vanessa L. Williams, Venus Williams, Chuck Berry, Maya, and MC Hammer, okay? So these people, once again, they were probably built for, you know, the, the, the particular tests and challenges um, that come in achieving their dreams. Neptune is the ideal versus Saturn, the real, okay? So the tests and the challenges um, could be real, but they could also, with Neptune square in their chart, these people can sometimes perceive um, them more on a psychological level in the form of guilt, fears, and anxieties, right? And uh, these people could also tend to face delays and restrictions from other people or events you know, more than somebody who wasn't born with that in their chart. And with that, you guys, we're going to jump into the week ahead. I definitely want to check on the lines. I haven't checked on the lines. Peace, peace. I see you holding and listening. I don't see any hands up, so we'll keep it moving for now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Sunday, you guys, Sunday, September 11th, 2.47 a.m., we've got Venus squaring off with Pluto, Venus and Libra squaring off with Pluto in Capricorn at 14 degrees. Um, I won't sit on that right now. I will hit it um, when I discuss the full moon lunar eclipse because that's going to be read into that as well. So you're not missing anything. We will keep it moving. Monday in the week ahead, uh, we start, of course, with uh, the week ahead is going to be starting Sunday at midnight, right? And so, um, at least according to Mama Dada Astrology Calendar. And then by Monday, 5 a.m., the moon squares Venus and goes void in Capricorn for 11 hours and 28 minutes, okay? So, Monday, pretty much most of the day because the moon doesn't actually enter Aquarius until 4.28 p.m. Central on Monday, late, late, late afternoon. Um, While the moon is void, Mercury does square Mars, okay? The reason this is significant is because the sun and Mercury are on a collision course towards each other. They do it so frequently. The sun is and, and Mercury are never too far apart at all. So this is not an uncommon alignment. 
but it is significant. It's impactful. It's the sun and our focus and our ego energy and our will um, aligning with Mercury that just so happens to be retrograde still until the 22nd. I know y'all are doing the countdown with me. Uh, but, yeah, another 10 days at the point that it lines up with the sun, okay? And so, uh, but right before it, it aligns while the moon is in Aquarius, like I said, which goes in there Monday evening. So for for the most part Monday, just no new, no new initiatives, okay? Um, we are in a solar new moon eclipse in Virgo season. And so there is a new kind of energy that's out here, but we we're, it's in the context of two lunar eclipses that are all about endings. It's in the context of a Pisces full moon lunar eclipse, which is the very last sign, which denotes endings. And so, um, but with Mercury retrograde, whatever it is that is new, it may have an old feel to it, Okay. Everybody knows Mercury retrograde is when the X's and the O's can potentially come back. And everybody knows that, you know, it's a time of reviewing, reassessing, and, you know, reorganizing all things mercurial, paperwork, you know, getting paperwork in order, um, paying attention, of course, um, Mercury's retrograde in Virgo, the very sign of paying attention to details, the very sign of precision, detail-oriented work, okay? And so we're talking about that in the context of these mercurial things, not only um, paperwork, but but messages being even more careful about how you say a thing, okay? Not what you say, it's how you say it. And it, it it's never more so about how you say it than when Mercury is retrograding in Virgo, okay? And so... Once again, keeping in mind the new solar eclipse, new moon in Virgo energy that does want to initiate, create, um, give way to, make room for, give birth um, to something new, it just may happen. It may be something that is renewed, right? Renewed as opposed to all the way new. And let's see. So, yeah, Mercury square Mars is significant because the sun aligns with Mercury. So not only does Mercury square Mars uh, Monday the 12th at 1.58 p.m. Central, but the sun also squares Mars Tuesday the 13th at 3.38 p.m. Central, okay? And, of course, right smack dab in between um, these squares with Mars that the sun and Mercury are having they get married, so to speak, conjunct exact in the sky Monday at 6.40 p.m. Central, okay? I know I didn't say that all in order chronologically as um, it relates to the time that they're all happening, but um, I know a lot of people do take notes, um, but yeah, the, the information's all there, so it should be fine. Okay, we're getting closer, y'all. Wednesday, September the 14th, 10.31 a.m. Central, the moon sextiles Uranus for 10 hours. The moon goes void when it does that. When the moon sextiles Uranus, Wednesday, late rising, for 10 hours, it's going void. For 10 hours and 52 minutes until 9.23 p.m. Central. Drum roll, please. 
when the moon enters Pisces. Now, y'all know I get excited when these lunations are coming up, um, <laughs> when the moon even goes into that energy, because I really am observing uh, my chart for at least four years now, right, and observing other people's charts uh, for the last couple of years, but professionally, at least for the last full year, um, it's just been, I, I can definitely say that when the moon, when any of these planets are luminaries, I know the moon's not a planet, um, whenever these planetary bodies ingress into new territory or energy, y'all can, y'all can look at your, observe your own. That's why I'm giving y'all dates and times because then you can mark your own journey, uh, what particular day or time that a particular conversation happened in or a particular event happened in. That's what these charts are, events being charted, your birth being one of them, the primary one, the first one, the main one, and then other events besides, new and full moons, eclipses, um, even, of, of course, death death charts, the charts, you know, when people check out of here. And so any event can be charted. And so I've put to another uh, page. Y'all hold on. So y'all can, yeah, because I was going to mention when Jupiter ingressed into Libra this week. It's not, of course, on the charts you see lines of delineation, linear markers of degrees linear markers of houses, depending on which house system that you are looking at a chart in, okay? It's going to be different. Um, even the, the, the linear markers that denote particular constellations or signs that these planets points um, are in. But if you've observed any of the ingresses for any significant length of time, you could even just take a lunar month and 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 observe the moon ingressing into different signs every two to three days, okay? And even within a 24-hour period, you know, different energy shifting and being um, perceived and felt, okay? And so... It's just really uh, with the moon entering Pisces here Wednesday, uh, late evening, 9.23 p.m. Central, um, that definitely is going to be, um, uh, should be a noticeable shift, like I said. I mean, (laughs) this one, this one, it's got to be a doozy because I'm sensing it strongly already, Okay. (laughs) And I know I'm not the only one. I've I've been uh, coming across a lot of divine information about the upcoming eclipse, so I know I'm not the only one. And uh, what's very interesting about this full moon lunar eclipse in Pisces is that the exact um, aspect of the sun opposing the moon, which automatically denotes a full moon, actually sends the moon into void, of course, status, okay, for nine hours and 17 minutes. The full moon, the lunar eclipse in Pisces at 24 degrees and 20 minutes is Friday the 16th at 2.05 p.m. At that time, 2.05 p.m. Central, the moon goes void, okay, for nine hours and 17 minutes. What does that mean, mama, daughter, that the moon goes void? Well, 
when the moon goes void, um, energetically, the moon is not yielding up any more active energy. For all intents and purposes, it goes to sleep. When the moon is so-called sleep, (laughs) uh, the time or the aspect that denotes it going to sleep is the last aspect that the moon is going to make before it ingresses into the next sign. And so at the time the sun opposes the moon here on Friday the 16th at 2.05 p.m. Central, that is the last aspect it, it makes, an opposition to the sun before it moves out of Pisces into Aries. At the time it goes void, it's still in Pisces, but it's asleep. And interestingly enough, Pisces has a void moon kind of feel to it. That The whole thing I'm mentioning about being so-called or perceived as a, the energy being asleep is the very energy of Pisces, 12th house, Neptune. That whole energy rules sleep. It rules dreams. I just got there running it down to y'all. It rules meditation. It rules rest. It rules relaxation. It rules prayer. It rules acceptance and forgiveness, right? I was mentioning all of that before. So that is very similar and familiar to that void moon feeling. You're not really doing anything new. You're not Mercury retrograde I have described as having a 12th house kind of Piscean, Neptunian energy and feel to it as well. So, And that's going on at, at the time of this eclipse still too. So there's a lot of different layers at the point in our week ahead um, just kind of like it was in the, when I started out, kind of recapping this week, we're wrapping up now, where it's these multiple layers. Shoot, I didn't mention that on the 7th, Wednesday of this past week, that before, right before the moon entered Sagittarius, it sextile Jupiter. I just told y'all when the show started that Jupiter reminded y'all. I know a lot most of my mama's babies and listeners know. <laughs> so I'm not telling you necessarily anything new. But to those that don't, my new listeners, I appreciate y'all much love. Thank you. Thank you for the astral love gift of even listening. And uh, But the moon, sextile Jupiter, Sagittarius' ruler, 38 minutes. The moon was void for 38 minutes, <laughs> and then it entered Sagittarius, and then Jupiter entered Libra, and then we had the first quarter moon in Sag. So you see that even within that, the layers and upon layers upon layers upon layers of Jupiterian, Sagittarius, ninth house energy. And I told y'all earlier in the show about the, if you don't already know, about the relationship from Sagittarius to Pisces and how they're linked by Jupiter. So that was that was last week. That's the current week that we're wrapping up today. <clears throat> and our week ahead that starts tomorrow, we're doing the layer thing again. That's what I was showing y'all. What we got? Mercury still retrograde this time in our week ahead between Wednesday and Friday. That's that's a fee, a, a certain feel and energy of another layer of that self same energy. Moon going into Pisces. The very sign that this full moon lunar eclipse is in. And then we have the eclipse itself, okay? 
And so we're, we're here it is again. They they're linked by Jupiter. These these two energies of Sag and Pisces are linked by Jupiter. Jupiter being the modern ruler of Sagittarius and the ancient ruler of Pisces. Before Neptune apparently was discovered and declared to be Pisces's modern ruler. So what what Jupiter is representing here more so than the law, I know I said that originally when I was recapping last week and mentioning that Jupiter had ingressed into Libra here on uh, on yesterday, on the 9th, okay? But, but in this context, on this end of it, in the week ahead, especially more relating to Pisces, I'm going to give Jupiter more the, the um, key word of spirituality. Okay, um, whatever, I think, this, I think this is one of the lessons that Pisces kind of is, is here in our face, our faces in the form of this final eclipse, this eclipse season. Really, uh, it's just real interesting to me that the autumn equinox or um, the, the sun's ingress into Libra is just a few days after it. We've got the full moon in Pisces here on the 16th, and then here on the 22nd, we've got um, we've got the sun ingressing into. We're changing seasons here. It's the autumn equinox, kind of a big deal, <laughs> you know, for whatever you understand and know that to to mean and and be and represent energetically. When you're talking about 360 degrees, when you're talking about 13 lunar moons, when you're talking about a, a solar cycle, and so pretty heavy, heavy energies going on. I really want to get to some uh, eclipse horoscopes for you guys because I want y'all to know, to know, to know uh, what area of of the 12 houses of the 12 signs, uh, what area specifically for your sun, moon, or rising sign. Listen out for all three because they're going to be relevant and they're going to be prevalent. This is this is a doozy, y'all. And and likely when I mention it, you'll already be able to recognize that you're face-to-face. I love that Neptune Pisces 12th house represents it. I haven't mentioned this. Thought, well, yeah, I have mentioned it when I was talking about the Saturn-Neptune square. Um, of this rising when it was exact, but um, I love it. Represents fear. It represents fear. Twelve house Neptune Pisces does, you know. And and unlike it, it represents enemies. Um, unlike the enemies of the seventh house, Libra, um, um, uh, Venus ruling Libra, where the, it, it's open enemies and it's it's the shadow self, you know, over there with the open enemies. The the folks you know don't like you, you know, those open enemies. And then, uh, but more so here in the 12th house, Neptune and Pisces, it's it's the hidden enemy. That you, you, we could be our own hidden enemy. That's why 12th house rules self-undoing. I was talking to Mama Sabi about that this week. Don't don't let it be, you know, it don't have to be our self-undoing in this Pisces final of the three Lunar full moon eclipse at, I believe, 24 degrees. It doesn't have to be our self-undoing. It can be 
it can even at the bare minimum, it can be a place where we finally look final. That close out energy, that twelfth house energy, it can finally be the place where we meet ourselves, meet that hidden enemy face to face. That's the thing about fear. That's the thing about this Neptune Piscean twelfth um, 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 house energy is that you find out here that it's all, it's everything is everything. <laughs> These hermetic laws and all is, you know, vibration and 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 the uh, um, my brain is just doing so many things. But that it's all. Um, I'm, I know the word that that all is mental and all is vibration and the correspondence and the polarity and all that. That it's all, all is all. That's the lesson of the 12th house in Pisces and Neptune. That's why it's the last energy. That's why it's the last sign, because you got to go through all the rest of them to get to it. The final water sign at that, I, I, if you follow Mama Dada Astrology on Facebook, you'll see I mentioned it there as well, that it's the final water sign. So, yes, it's the emotions are real right now, and, and the, as they should be. You know, the intuition and the imagination and the spiritual access is real, too. The meditation and the prayer is real, too. That rest you need before that first house energy comes is real, too. And so um, it doesn't have to be a low vibrational thing. It really, really doesn't. I love that. Uh, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but the dreams been popping. Pisces ruling dreams and sleep and, you know, it, it rules the cinema and movies and imagination and create creativity by way of the arts, music, dance, painting, however, get it how you live. I love that it's such a smorgasbord. I say I said that word before, and I know I've mentioned it in different contexts. But twelfth house really is the epitome of me use, utilizing that word smorgasbord because it, it it's the merge of it all. There are no boundaries in Pisces. Okay, <laughs> that's why imagination has rulership there. You can go where you want to go. You can do what you want to do. You can dream how you want to dream. You can meditate how you want to meditate. You can rest and relax how you want to rest and relax. You can pray how you want to pray. You can surrender and accept how you want to do that too. And so it's a beautiful, it, yeah, fears are there and self-undoing is there and hidden enemies is is there, deception is there, confusion is there, intoxication is there. Of course it can be a scary place. Addiction is there. Confinement in prison, being locked up is there. Locked up in an institution. But it don't have to be that. It could be you in, in the confinement of your own inner peace, in the confinement of your own unconditional love for yourself, it does not have to manifest in a low vibration. Once again, like I mentioned before earlier in the show, we get to choose. That's the beauty of it all. That's the beauty of knowing about all this stuff in advance, a week ahead of time, is that you can get it how you live. That all thanks, <laughs> all hell, Pisces. <laughs> so, um, 
Let's see, let's see. Let's slow down. Let me see how much time I got left. Okay, we can do it. We can do it. I'm just going to break down a little bit of the uh, astrology of the full moon lunar eclipse in Pisces, 2.05 p.m. Central, Friday the 16th, okay? I've mentioned before in this show already what a full moon is. That is when the moon is directly opposite the sun. At the time of the full moon lunar eclipse in Pisces, of course, the moon will be in Pisces. The sun at the point of this full moon lunar eclipse will be in Virgo directly opposite, is in Virgo now, been in Virgo, and um, will be there up until the autumn equinox, okay, here on the 22nd. And so... um, I I don't want to go too deep, too far, or too fast with y'all, but I do want to mention, and for those that that hear me, uh, it's just a a fun little quip of some information that I've come across here recently that really resonates with me, which is that the opposition energetically is the same thing or the other side of the coin of the conjunction, okay? Same thing, opposition, conjunction. Um, And I just thought that was beautiful. So even within the context of a full moon as opposed to a new moon, okay, where the sun and the moon are together in the sky instead of opposed, um, then you can kind of see how um, there's still that intensity, it's just in a different form. When they're conjunct in the sky, they're right there together. I, I always like to say they're married in the sky. They're in the same. They're sharing space, the exact same space at the exact same degree. And then at the point of a full moon, of course, they couldn't be further apart. They are polar opposite from each other and in direct opposition with each other. Okay, um, so just consider expand your mind, open it up, take it higher, uh, merge with what I'm saying here. <laughs> that they could be energetically just two different sides of the same coin. Okay, but yes, this particular um, one is an eclipse. So yeah, most of, most of the time, I pretty much will mention that a, a new moon in relationship to that corresponding full moon that happens two weeks later on the short term and six months later on the long term. Of course, six months from September 1st when we just had the solar new moon eclipse in Virgo, six months from then we will have a full moon in Virgo, okay? We're having here on the 16th a full moon in Pisces. Well, Six months ago, when the sun was in Pisces, we had a new moon in Pisces. So they already tend to have about a six-month relationship to one another. When they are eclipses, the effects could go back as far as six months to a year. And, of course, once again, we talk, we, we, we talk about cycles within cycles here. So it could go back further than that. It could go back 19 years ago. Um, it could go back three or four years ago. Um, so you just whatever your personal journey is or your personal study, if you're an astrologer, you're studying another person's chart, of course you're taking it within the context of whatever um, you're studying at that time. Um, so, yeah, this one, um, you can go back about six months ago with this uh, full moon in Pisces eclipse. 
and consider energetically what was being initiated, what was being um, brainstormed. Um, you know, of course, that's the new moon um, at that time and what feel that had. Uh, you can go back 19 years ago to the last solar new moon eclipse in Virgo and consider, you know, what was energetically going on then. So um, this, I, I try to keep it pretty general here on the show. But definitely don't forget in the episode information, you also do have one-click email access to Mama Dada. We can link up on whatever um However you like to link up, of course, my mama's babies, I talk with them every week, okay? I, I have a, a um, we talk for about an hour every week, and they get special reports from me weekly, okay? Um, these reports detail information that I go over here in the show, um, even if I don't get to go over it in the show, whatever is coming up in the week ahead, just like this show, um, they get that in written format, type format, uh, along with how these particular changes are affecting them personally, their particular chart on a week in advance basis, okay? Um, so you can get at me about that. You can get at me about your birth chart. Love, love, love. That is probably one of my favorite things that I do is create birth chart reports. You won't find anything else like it anywhere. It's completely comprehensive. Um, I'm giving you your of course, um, information about your house rulers. I love that. I have you don't really see that in these birth chart reports that you can get um, online. Most of them are automated and they just really generic, and it doesn't even feel like a, a real person put it together. So those are definitely a hot commodity. You can get at me about that as well, or just to you know, astro love gift me up, shout me out, however you want to do it. Um, I even right before the show today, and I hadn't even announced I was doing the show yet, and I got hit up by one of my mama's babies. Um, I love it when y'all just keep in touch with me, you know, like when major planetary events are happening. It's it's been a powerful, powerful journey with you guys over the last um, 360 degrees, so I never want to miss opportunity to just say thank you, guys. I really just appreciate the love and the energy. So, so far, so great. Now, back to this here eclipse. Um, like I said, I didn't camp out on any one aspect that I mentioned here in the week ahead because it's all, I'm about to mention it now. It's going to color in, it's going to give you this picture of what we're Sealing off. I know. I know the title of the show says we're wrapping it up and we're putting a bow in it, and we are. But I want you to think of this particular lunation, the full moon lunar eclipse in Pisces, that's finishing out this series of three eclipses. That's finishing out the last six months when the new moon happened in Pisces. That's finishing out this last two weeks. That 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 is being a complement to this solar new moon eclipse in Virgo. Okay. Um, so I want you to think of it more as sealing it off, sealing it with the kiss, putting a bow on it, putting a bow on the next six months, energetically putting a bow on the next year ahead, putting a bow on what began two weeks ago, what began six months ago, right, and setting the tone reasonably for the our next six months when we get directly opposite where we are right now, 
and, and see it in its fullness. Um, all right. So Mars is a major player. Uh, Mars is definitely a major player. Mars would have just gotten through at the time, exactly, if you're looking at, at it chronologically, Mars would have just gotten through squaring the sun last, but pretty much the sun and Mercury since they align just a few days before this full moon, okay? And and technically, once again, this full moon is a void. <laughs> I mean, it's an eclipse, so you can, it can't be the impacts and the intensity. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing the energies of the eclipse right now. And of course, you could, but up to six months ago, you could have been. Um, but it goes void. It does go void at the time of the eclipse for nine hours and 17 minutes, and it doesn't go into Aries until 11.22 p.m. Central, that late, late night. So from 2.05 in the afternoon Central until 11.22 p.m., the moon's void, set off by a full moon lunar eclipse in Pisces. Boy, 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 that's what I'm telling y'all about Pisces. Don't sleep on Pisces because it's a water sign. Don't sleep on Pisces because, you know, the glyph for it is, is a couple of fish and not this, you know, spin tower. Um, so Mars is showing up um, at this uh, at the time, I don't know exactly what degree it'll be at the time of the eclipse, but that last square that Mars makes to the sun on Tuesday the 13th at 3.38 p.m. Central, it's at 28 degrees, it does that at 21 degrees. And so it, it's in the final deacon. It's in the final deacon of Sagittarius at the time of this eclipse. And so it's this 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 area of space, this area, this deacon that has a mutable feel to it the feel of change, the feel of needing to adapt, the feel of needing to be flexible before Mars ingresses into the sign of Capricorn, okay? That's where it's headed once it gets out of Sagittarius. And so let's dig into this real quick. We don't play with Mars around here. That's first and foremost. We don't play with Mars because Mars is impulsive and impatient, so it's not waiting around to strike. It's the soldier. It was up before you even thought about getting up to be ready for you. (laughs) So this is not an energy within ourselves or within others that we should be playing with at the time of a full moon lunar eclipse in Pisces, don't do it. If you have un, any unreleased, pent up um, anger, pent up, uh, you you need to talk to somebody about it, but you just ain't going to talk to them. Don't do that right now. Okay, I know Mercury's retrograde. It, just slow down when you talk to them, okay? And think about what you say before you say it. And, you know, with it, with it being in Virgo, you probably go really make sure you got it right. <laughs> Virgo likes to be correct, okay? Virgo is the one correcting the paper and the test. And so that, it's that kind of feel to it when we are managing 
um, angry tendencies, managing our drive. Of course, um, Mars governs our our drive, our energy, our passions. Okay, it, it governs our our assertiveness and and um, our courage and 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 a sense of bravery. Okay, so I know you, I know you bad, and I know can't nobody fool with you and all that, but. It's not a matter of toning that down. Once again, I, it was probably last week that I said it, and I, I know I've said it um, talking to my mama's babies. I never want to encourage somebody when an energy is present and prevalent and active to, well, just don't, you know, don't engage your Martian energy. You can't do that. It's, it's impatient. It ain't sitting around waiting on you to engage it. No way. It's there. <laughs> so, I, I definitely instead always encourage uh, pe- people to engage it on the highest level possible. So since you're taking care of any latent um, or dormant anger issues, unresolved, um, then your energy is freed up. That sex drive, that inner, that passion, that um, that bravado, that impulse, that impetus, that Mars rules Aries, that's the very first house. It's ready to go. We just came out of the tour. We've been sleeping, meditating, and and <laughs> facing our fears and surrendering and accepting and forgiving. Oh, yeah, we're ready to go now. So that's the, that's Martian energy right there. And so we, we just over here, we just tap into it on a high level. Mars want to do something. Mars governs the actions that we take. Mars is, once again, ready to go. So be about, do something, do, especially if it's physical, you know, something, something where you can get moving. Um, uh, Mars governs Aries, which is a cardinal energy. So it's ready to Set, set it off, <laughs> to pop off and do something. And so just make sure it's something productive and constructive. And with Mars still transiting this final um, uh, uh, deacon of Sagittarius, make sure it's, it's, high, it's of a higher look. I just got through telling y'all Sag and Pisces is connected by what the key word I chose was spirituality. So we're talking about something that is of a higher, it's for our higher learning. It's for our advancement. Make sure these actions, these 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 last actions we take before we start taking some actions in a new um, territory or area of space, Capricorn, make sure that we're gleaning because it's going to hit that critical degree, that same critical degree I just got through talking to you all about with Jupiter coming up out of Virgo and going into um, Libra for until October 2017. And I mentioned it then, same thing with Mars uh, maneuvering through this final area of space where we're talking about spirituality, where we're talking about doing something with a higher purpose, doing something where you out of your ability to see the bigger picture, out of your ability to see the vision, I love it. I love all this mutable energy. Mars and Sag, you know, Jupiter coming out of Virgo, Sun still in Virgo. It's just a lot of eclipse. Eclipses denote change. Eclipses denote the necessity to be adaptable and flexible and ready to turn a corner. 
Yeah, I've been doing it this way the last three, four years. Yeah, I've been doing it this way the last 19 years. Yeah, I've been doing it this way the last six months, two weeks. Well, we in layer upon layer, we're in a season, we're in seasons and cycles of change. And so Mars being very impactful at the time of this full moon lunar eclipse in Pisces means that we're going to be ready to do something different. It's, we just, we're going to want it to be something that is for our advancement, for our growth, uh, that feeds a sense of adventure there in Sagittarius. And once again, in, in a mutable deacon. So even more so, it, it'll be to your benefit to be willing to make adjustments in the actions that you take, especially if they want to take you higher, higher learning, Sagittarius. And keep your sense of humor. That's found there in Sagittarius too. <laughs> it'll take you higher. Okay, Sagittarius also governs a certain level of physicality. A lot of athletes have significant energy in Sagittarius. Okay, keep that in mind. Sagittarius also has, um, like I said, with Jupiter being its ruler, correspondences to court and law, legal. So some 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 people could be making some changes in the actions that they're taking in in that regard. Okay, but whatever you do when you're dealing with Mars, watch out for the sharp objects and the knives and the guns because Mars rules war and violence too. Aggression. You can be assertive without being aggressive, right? You can be courageous and brave without knucking up and bucking at people, right? And provoking anger out of someone. Not now. Not now you don't want to do that. Utilize that margin energy in the highest way you can manage to manifest and manifest it. If you're building something, doing something, it's being productive and it's taking you higher, you probably don't, you know, like the results that you get. <laughs> and they probably won't include anything dangerous or harmful or um, definitely road rage and stuff like that. Mercury retrograde, rethink that. Okay. Um what else? Yeah, so just watch for the irritability and the impatience. You know, that's going to be like the um, the alert to let you know. Your, the actions that you take are now about to be tested, <laughs> are now being tested when you sense um, irritability or impatience within yourself or others, okay? Um, if you have not only a buildup of anger, or, and resentment, but it Mars rules sex. If you have a build up of sexual energy that is not being utilized to whatever beneficial advantage, I mean, it. Look, once again, we can talk about choice. You can choose to utilize your sexual energy whatever way you like. But I promise you, if you're feeling frustrated for any reason in that in those efforts or desires. That's a, a another alarm going off. Hey, your margin energy is now being tested. What are you going to do? How are you going to direct this energy? Hopefully higher. Okay, hopefully 
in a way that will advance you and grow you and take you on, you know, adventure. Sure, Sagittarius is a very, but it's ruled by Jupiter, the great benefic. B-E-N-E, that equals good. Beneficial. Beneficiary. Come on, help me with some more B-E-N-E words that make you feel good. (laughs) That's Jupiter energy. That's Sagittarius energy that Mars is going through right now. So these are some hints as to how you can direct your own energy, choose to direct your own energy to where you get some results you want versus some that you don't want, um, provoking, threat, aggression, no, 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 no. Um, channel constructively or else conflict, accidents, exhaustion, and muscle pain. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Uh, I just saw something that I wanted to mention. Where'd it go? Hold on, y'all. Give me two seconds. Strain. Yes. Don't push too hard. Don't strain something. Yeah, 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 yeah. With the, uh, since it's so prevalent and strong at this time, and you're really going to want to do something, like I said, Mars just wants to do something, take some kind of action, um, I'm just strongly suggesting you take it higher. Um if you do choose to exercise or or channel it, you know, sexually, just um, and, and even hard work, just hard work, just Mars just, just want to do something. Like I said, go out and build something from scratch or get up and, you know, just do something around the house. It's satisfied by taking action. And so if you choose something that is higher, know that even in that, um, especially with Mars in Sagittarius, in this area where Jupiter has reign and rulership. And we all know Jupiter's expansion, and on the low end, Jupiter can take it too far, especially if you think you're right. <laughs> um, Sagittarius on the low end can be very self-righteous, a very self-righteous energy. So um, whatever you do end up deciding to do, uh, just man, just watch it. Uh, make sure you don't push too hard or strain anything. Okay. Oh, there's just so much going on. There's no way I can talk about everything that's going on at this full moon. So let me make sure that within the time that we have left, I get into these horoscopes for y'all. Y'all know whatever energy illumination is happening in. I'm going to talk about that energy first. So, Pisces, I know y'all are used to <laughs> being that final energy that's discussed, but I'm hooking y'all up. I'm talking about y'all first, okay? And just FYI, Charlie Parker was born at a full moon in Pisces, I say. Um, Pisces, of course, this is going to, you're a smorgasbord type of energy anyway, and whenever um, a lunation is going through, um, your first house, like it is for you, Pisces, be a Pisces, sun, moon, or um, rising sign. That is kind of a smorgasbord energy, too. You can really get it however you live. Um, first house is the house of self. So, yeah, anything regarding yourself, Pisces, is up for, you know, being um, affected uh, by this 
full moon, lunar eclipse, okay? But it definitely is going, you're coming full circle, you know, um, or even half circle if you're looking at six months ago. But even at the point of a full moon or the fullness, you're you're at this point where you get to kind of see the manifestation or the culmination of seed sown energetically six months ago, but it could be up to a year. Um, so it could be that kind of reaping season, Pisces. You could be feeling that uh, one way or the other, be it via rewards for hard and smart work done over the last six months to a year, Pisces, or, um, you know, feeling kind of like you're getting that but thanked if you have not done, put in the work or have been irresponsible. So even if you are feeling like you're getting that but tapped, um, <laughs> uh, you can definitely work on, you know, making the next six months your best six months, Pisces, for real, for real. Like, what do you think that you think we all get it right on the first try, the first, you know, two weeks, the first six months, cycles within cycles. It may take three or four years. It may take 19 years. But wherever you are in your cycle, Pisces, um, know that you can you can utilize this mutable energy, this adaptable energy, and shift with these shifts. You can flex on whatever it is in your life that you are that you feel is opposing you here at this full moon opposition of the sun and the moon, right? And so um, it's emotional um, area of space, Pisces. You're an emotional sign, Pisces. And so it's and it's an eclipse, so this could easily be an emotional time for you, Pisces, one way or the other, whether you're feeling rewarded right now or so-called punished. So whatever you're feeling, make sure you express it. We just got there digging all the way in on this Pisces energy, and you, Pisces, should know all too well how to let go, how to release, how to accept, how to forgive, how to create, how to go within, okay, and manifest your energy doubled, tripled, squared, intensified at this Pisces full moon to, um, you know, your highest advantage. Gemini, all of my mutable signs, y'all are being hit up in the four most critical, pivotal areas of the 12 areas. Y'all are getting hit up in the four most, of course, Pisces first house, the house of self. And here coming up, Gemini, Gemini 10th house, the house of achievement, the house of karma, the house of... (laughs) Saturn, okay, the house of the midheaven, the house of success that comes after hard work. So with this eclipse, Gemini, you could also be seeing, you know, rewards, especially as it relates to 10th house things like goals and ambitions and um, your life direction, okay? So Gemini, you can make really good progress. Um, or experience success with one or more of your goals, and you could be feeling like you're at that top spot, the 10th house, top of the chart, the pinnacle, the summit of the mountain. You made it. You made it up the mountain, and you see what it is and what it isn't. You got your karma. Whatever you were working towards, climbing one foot in front of the other, even if it took you 30 years, you got there. 
now now you're at the the peak of the summit and you can see you know <laughs> wait is this the mountain I wanted to go up <laughs> so like I said it could be that whole reward sense of rewards and punishment things again but more specifically relating with those goals um, something you wanted to achieve having achieved it and you know of course now it it reminds me of the ten and the tarot it's like kind of a nine <laughs> But the ten is like, okay, are you satisfied? You got what you wanted from one that you made it all the way up to ten. Although that they're really the same number, but the ace through the ten and the tarot. So um, that's kind of where you're at, Gemini. Um, on the other hand, you definitely could be experiencing the the flip side of this, like feeling like you've had a setback or got kicked down, right, Gemini? Maybe. Um, if, and that's the karma too. That's the lesson too. That's the potential for success and becoming an authority. Another key word of the tenth house, um, um, a boss. <laughs> I like that key word for the tenth house in Capricorn. That's part. That could be part of it too. Talking about these cycles within cycles. This may be the cycle that that you at least become the authority on what not to do next cycle, right? And so even if you are experiencing that, it's for your good, right, ultimate good. It's for your ultimate reward and success that whatever you're going through and experiencing right now, especially leading up intensely so up until the exactness of the full moon on the 16th. Okay, Gemini? Uh, yeah, focus with with the tenth house energy being lit up, Gemini, I want you to think about that fourth house energy too. Uh, being it can be if it's feeling like a tug of war right now, Gemini, know that it's the opposition and the conjunction are the same thing. Merge with it, become one with it, and work on strengthening that fourth house to balance it out. If you're not liking what you're experiencing with this tenth house manifestation, okay? Fourth house is about the that internal foundation, that private part what's on the on the deepest, most private parts of you as opposed to this tenth house, the most public and seen part. If you're having if you're not liking what you're seeing on this tenth house side, all out in public <laughs> responsibility and, you know, at the top of the summit, okay, then tap into that fourth house and 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 get real secure, you know, within yourself. Okay. Virgo, I'm taking a little bit of extra time with these mutable signs. Like I said, these the four critical parts of the chart, first, fourth, seventh, and tenth houses are being hit up for my mutables. So Virgo for you, seventh house, the house of other, partnership, okay, the open enemies in the shadow of self, this this area of space where we're not we're we're the farthest away energetically from it being all about us selfishly in the first house, Mars, Aries, to the seventh house. Okay, Virgo? So other <laughs> is the key word for you right now. Um, you definitely, with this being Pisces and full moon, release, surrender, uh, when it comes to the other, 
you could definitely be thinking along those lines, releasing issues as it pertains to your relationships and partnerships, releasing partnerships that, you know, no longer serve a purpose, a positive purpose, Virgo, okay, um, improving existing relationships or taking them to the next level. You think you think any other in your life is going to remain the same after an eclipse? We, the solar numeral eclipse was in your sign, Virgo, and this is the complement to that. So uh, definitely it's a Pisces full moon, okay? So keep that kind of energy in mind where you're open to merging with it all, open, open to surrendering to it all, open to opening up your imagination and opening yourself up to forgive, you know. So there's so many ways to look at this, um, Virgo, but with you, you're looking at it within the context of these relationships. They're definitely making getting made or broken <laughs> at this time, period, you know. Um <clears throat> You'll do better with the partner, Virgo. You know, it'll it'll make for a more full picture if you keep the other in mind. It can it once again when I started talking about the seventh house energy, it can't be any less about you. Now, make no mistake, we're always uh, you you cannot operate effectively in this plane of awareness if you don't have a measure. That's why it's an energy represented at all self. Selfish, it, you know, um, just that first house is there for a reason. But for this given period of time, Virgo, I just want you to keep that other in mind for now. It may actually, seventh house is ruled by Libra and Venus. It may actually feel good. <laughs> it may actually comfort you and, and bring you some pleasure and enjoyment to Keep the other in mind. Balance. Keep balance in mind. Keep compromise in mind, Virgo. Keep being tactful in mind. Um, but definitely keep yourself in mind, okay? I definitely want to make that clear. Do not, not consider yourself, Virgo. Um, Sagittarius, you got that last of the four major um, houses that, that's getting hit up for you this uh, Pisces full moon lunar eclipse, that fourth house of family and home, okay? And and it's an emotional house. It's, it's talking about you, that same area that I was uh, talking to Gemini about being the opposite of, that's where the full moon is for you. So we are talking, Sagittarius, about your internal foundation. We're talking about emotional issues that have you know, impacted you at a core level and potentially shaken your foundation, okay? So we're keeping Pisces in mind. We're keeping full moon in mind. So we may be being called Sagittarius to let go of these emotional issues that have shaken us to our core and work on strengthening our core, our internal foundation, being our own support. Come on. That's, that's, that's what that's like, and having and having the support of family, also Sagittarius, of course, fourth house, family, home, and ancestral lineage. Look, really strong, standing strong. Then, right, and so <clears throat> you could require more support at this time, Sag. Um, 
from the people that are closest to you when we're talking about um, fourth house, the moon, cancer. This is the area of familiarity and people you feel at home with. Um, But if you don't have that, then this is definitely a time, an alarm going off, (laughs) an eclipse-sized alarm going off to signal for you to start working on improving that support system that you may perceive as non-existent. Um, and and or work on you know improving that internal foundation being being that support for yourself in in that most private place that you can be there for yourself firmly strongly at a at a core level. And you may also find Sagittarius once again. We're keeping the Pisces full moon energy in mind uh, that you may be letting go or releasing something. You know, in the under the light of the full moon, and and you know, it, something is has been fully manifested. Then we may decide at that time, like I say, you get to the top of that mountain and say, oh, you know what? I actually want to climb that one over there. It may take another thirty years, but oh, I I want another view. <laughs> so that could be going on, Sagittarius, in the fourth house. That's going to be talking about people who are the closest to you, who do feel like family. Um, if you find that they aren't, you know, um, if the light of the full moon has shone and, and you realize, you know what, they're not there for me. They're not the, that support, that fourth house support for me. Uh, fourth house, it, the rule by cancer talks about the breast. It talks about the mother. Anybody ever laid their head on their mama's breast before and felt like you were in the safest place in the whole wide world? That's that energy. You can you can you can um, harness that energy within yourself in your most private of parts, or that energy can be harnessed around you by building up a support system. Sagittarius, this may be the alarm going off for you to initiate um, to initiate that, but keep closing out more in mind um, than starting up, but this may be the close out, the final um, go-round of a particular cycle that uh, that free, whenever you, in astrology and metaphysics and science, whatever, whenever there's a void or a vacuum or you get rid of something or release something, something has to fill its space or place, okay? So... That that's why it's beginnings and endings, but this is more focused on the wrapping up and the ending of a thing that we're talking about here. But it is going to give way to something new, of course. Um, it's the bottom, bottom of the chart, Sagittarius. So you may feel like you are at the bottom, Sagittarius. You, but I promise you, guess what? Even in an astrological chart, it's nowhere to go but up from there. You're not doing nothing but ascending to that that peak, that summit, that 10th house, that midheaven um, at this point, Sagittarius. So be encouraged, right? Cancer, Cancer and Scorpio. Of course, if the full moon, since the full moon lunar eclipse is happening in Pisces, then it's going to be affecting the sister signs, the other two water signs, Cancer and Scorpio, by way of a trine, the most easy, the most harmonious flow of energy between those three. That's why they sisters. And so at the time of the full moon, Cancer, you getting it in on the level uh, of that ninth house, adventure, that Sagittarius house, that optimistic house, that, you know, luck and expansion house. 
And Scorpio, you getting it from the level of that fifth house of enjoyment and fun and romance and dating and children and and games of chance and games, period. (laughs) So Cancer, uh, you could easily feel more connected to your beliefs. That's also encapsulated in that ninth house energy. And um, or you could at least want to defend um, something that you believe in, and that being a representation of how connected you are to them or not. We're talking about Pisces full moon here. You could let go of a belief that you held on to for the last two weeks, six months, three or four years, 19 years, okay? And so... um, Ninth house is also talking about, once again, higher learning, right, Sagittarius. Um, And it it has a a teacher feel to it, too, the guru, in fact. And so you could be um, more connected to your own wisdom and and release that, share that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. it, it ha- it's the higher mind. It has a mental feel to it, Gemini being the lower mind and Sagittarius directly across from it being the higher mind. So that could just be an area of focus, okay? Scorpio, but what, however it is, it, it's going to be an expansive feel. Cancer, it's going to feel adventurous. It can. You have access to positivity and optimism and good luck. So, um and like I said, legal too. So something legal could be wrapping up for you as well. And and the, the implications of that affecting you for the next six months to a year for sure. Scorpio, fifth house, but it's, it's a good feel. Now, y'all, do, y'all got the trine cancer, so I, I don't want to scare you. <laughs> Just trying to give you multiple different interpretations of the energy. Uh, Scorpio. Of course, fifth house, it ain't too many ways not to feel great (laughs) with the fifth house transit, especially since it's an eclipse and um, affecting uh, you energetically for some time to come. Uh, But you could easily be manifesting feeling more inspired and creative and dramatic. Um, And as long as you have an outlet for that creativity and you're enjoying yourself, having fun with it, allowing your inner child to come out and play, playing with your children, um, it should be impacting you emotionally in a very positive way. Uh, Once again, Pisces full moon energy, you could see some creative projects or ventures or something pertaining to your child culminate, wrap up, or come to an end. or, or just, you know, reach its fullness and have having it manifested for you. Um, oh, re- uh, dating and relationships, obviously, and clearly Scorpio. You could easily be wrapping up one of those. But, you know, there in the fifth house, you're, you're in it for the fun. It's the fifth house of fun and enjoyment and playing. So if it is wrapping something wrapping up right now for you powerfully so, eclipse-worthy so, Scorpio, with someone you've dated or someone that you've been dating, um, somebody you want to date, uh, accept that. Go with the flow of this energy and know that at this time you should be focused on, on you know, enjoying yourself anyway. So let that be the primary thing. Let, let that Primarily let that inner child come out and play. You got all the time in the world when you have a full moon um, here coming up in the sixth house and you have to, you know, 
be productive and you have to work and you have to be responsible to your health and daily routine. So let it be that, um, Scorpio, and, uh, you know, it, it's an eclipse, so it could be impactful. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that accept it to, I'm suggesting for you to accept it um, as part of your learning and just make it your primary concern to enjoy yourself and to express yourself creatively. Taurus, you guys are experiencing the full moon lunar eclipse in Pisces from the 11th house, so your dreams and your future is up for inspection under the light of the full moon, okay? And so um, you definitely are wanting to connect and feel closer to your dreams, hopes, and wishes, right? And um, you could be wrapping up. You could be closing out with some dreams and making way for the the, the new. Um, 11th house kind of has a new feel to it anyway because 11th house governing Aquarius ruled by Uranus has a sense of change attached to it. So when something's changing suddenly and unexpectedly, <laughs> it can be perceived as a new energy, a renewed energy. Um Eleventh uh, house talks about your individuality and independence. Okay, eleventh house is the house of the rebel, and so um, you're gonna you're going to want to connect with that intimately and powerfully. So towards your individuality, your true self, your unique path, what makes you originally and uniquely you. Eleventh um, house also governs friendships, group associations, and network networking networks, people you network with, groups you network within. And so um, you could definitely be, you know, taking stock of friendships and groups um, that you want to keep and groups that you, look, when you're letting go of something, Taurus and everybody else too, when you are letting go of something at a time when the universal energies, planetary energies, spiritual, metaphysical energies are conducive, in line with, supportive of, releasing and letting go like Pisces is, like a full moon is. What? We got a Pisces full moon, like an eclipse is. We got that too. Then trust me, I promise you it's a good time. Any t- this is a good time to let something go because you have all the support in the universe for real to help you do it. So Taurus, um, if it's a group, friendship, uh, 11th house is also the house of former lovers. I know it's Mercury retrograde, and they all then came back. <laughs> um, if this is if this is if you're intuitively Pisces and it is an emotional water house, you know if you're intuiting Taurus, I know that's not your territory because you're Earth sign, but if this energy is strong for everybody right now, so tap in, tap into those dreams, tap into those visions, tap into your imagination, tap into your intuition, tap into your emotions. And if you are getting the strong and clear message that, you know, it's time to release a particular um, a, a, a former lover and this this is probably that last cycle for y'all, y'all done wrap that on up, <laughs> then I encourage you to go with that flow. Be willing to turn the corner. Be willing to embrace sudden unexpected change. Be willing to embrace the mutability and the adaptability and the flexibility and the changeability of this time as it pertains to these 11th house 
um, ideas and, 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 and concepts, okay? So, yeah, Capricorn, you are going through this with the third house lens and filter, okay? So third house always kind of has a busy feel to it. It's the Gemini house. It's governed by Mercury Capricorn. So um, you may have a lot of different little small projects, ideas, paperwork, um, errands, short trips, local um, travel, neighborhood things in the neighborhood, you know, errands, you know, something along those lines, um, commerce, business dealing, messages, just a lot going on typically um, in that third house Capricorn. I know y'all aren't probably that familiar with it being a more Capricorn stable, earthy energy that you are. Uh, but you could definitely see something come to fruition, culmination, manifestation as it relates to an idea or a project or something shorter term, shorter, having a shorter range of influence. Um, but it's an eclipse, so <laughs> uh, easily express yourself under this and what you're feeling. Um, feeling more so because of the moon and the Pisces and the emotional water influence. Um, but expressing yourself because of that third house influence, because of the influence of Mercury, because of the influence on your communications, Capricorn, okay? Um, this Mercury retrograde, because of that at the time of this lunation, uh, may be impacting you more so than it normally would. So um, you could be releasing you could be releasing some, some messages, Capricorn. Okay, and these messages you releasing, communication you releasing, wherever you traveling to locally, wherever you going in neighborhood errands, you could be um, you know, wrapping things up, utilizing these means. Maybe you're moving there within your maybe you're wrapping up where you're at and moving up the street or moving up the you know up the state um and wrapping something up that way or a culmination regarding that okay you could get uh you could get the manifestation of a of an eclipse worthy message capricorn okay you could be the recipient of that message or you could be you know giving that message to someone so this is an area where you can um, expect to see or experience that if you're not already and if you are already Capricorn please by all means um, take it slow right if you're giving this powerful message this message ooh y'all guess what I just got my little reminder that I got I got to go I, I, and I told y'all I wasn't worried about her rushing through it, and I'm so glad the eclipse is on Friday next week. So guess what? I'll be back to y'all live and in full effect, and I'll be able to finish out these horoscopes for y'all and finish breaking down the signs, okay? Um, let me check the lines. Not like I can pick it up, okay? So they put their down. So I definitely want to acknowledge all of y'all that have been looked at there, holding on the line almost the entire show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, listening uh, on the line, listening on air, listening in the archives. I see you. I appreciate you. Thank you for the astral love gifts. Um, all is well. And I'm just looking forward to t- talking to you guys here in the week ahead about all things Pisces, Full Moon, Lunar Eclipse, and everything else y'all want to discuss. One-click email access to me. 
Stay connected to my astrology coach. Stay connected to Inner Peace Lighthouse. Stay connected to Mama Dada Astrology. I love you all. Peace. I say I'm in Ra. Talk to y'all later.